0: On this episode, we talk with John Myers, who is a developer advocate at Supabase. Supabase is an open source alternative to Firebase. I had to grill John a little bit in this episode, since I'm a Firebase GD, to understand why they use that title, but also to understand the features that they're trying to support. So if you love authentication and databases, specifically SQL databases in this case, check out this episode with Supabase and John Myers. Oh, and if I forgot to mention, we do this thing called Perfect Picks at the end. John has one of the funniest picks I've ever seen, so make sure you hang out till the end and check it out. This episode is sponsored by Builder.io, visually build on your tech stack. Welcome back, peeps, to perfect.dev, where we give you cats, the freshest dose of dev snacks. Now with your amazing hosts, Alex Patterson and Brittany Postma.
1: Hello. How are we? Doing great. That's excellent.
0: So it's kind of funny. I put Supabase, an open source alternative, and I just left it at that because I have all these Firebase things behind me. So we'll have to we'll have to talk about what it's what it's an open source alternative to. Uh, so before
1: we, an open source alternative to anything you want. You anything, can do everything. Right. <laughs>
0: So, before we go too far down that road, John, can you uh, fill us in just a little bit of your background and how you
1: ended up at Superbase? Sure. Um, So, yeah, my name is John Myers. I'm currently a developer advocate at Superbase. Um, I guess my career has kind of always interwoven with uh, some software development or software engineering and some teaching. Um, And so, while I was studying at university, I was also teaching some of the um, the intro units, which was fun. And then when I finished that, I started teaching at a boot camp um, here in Australia called uh, Coder Academy. And then um, worked as a software engineer for uh, a company called realestate.com.au, which is like the leading real estate place, real estate listing site in Australia. And then a bank called uh, Up, which was fun building a digital bank. And then decided I wanted to get more back into the community building uh, teaching side of things. And so moved into a role in developer advocacy.
0: Awesome. That's
1: awesome. I love
0: that background. So are you primarily a front end developer back end or what's what's your
1: flavor? I guess, yeah, my, my role has always been a full stack developer technically. Uh, but I've always definitely had more of a, a preference for the front end, um, and have always kind of, um, yeah, I'd say I definitely like specialized down the front-end side of things, but I've always had full stack in my title because I can sometimes store something in a database and sometimes get it back <laughs> out again. Good, <laughs> <thought Perfect>. <laughs> so we're, we're almost
0: identical. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I kind of alluded to it, but Superbase is... They are aggressively, for some reason, in their branding uh, going... Maybe not against Firebase, but they're trying to like go feature to feature. Is there any story behind that? Like why Superbase was created and like why is it a Firebase alternative in the brand?
1: Yeah. So like firstly, Firebase is awesome. As as you can see from all of your awesome Firebase <laughs> stuff behind you. Like <laughs> Firebase is a great, a great product, a great tool. Um and so one of the founders of uh Superbase, uh Loved Firebase and was building, um, I think it was a chat application, um, but yeah, building something that ended up being larger scale um, than just a, a fairly small product and ended up hitting some, uh, some bottlenecks with being able to, I think the problem was writing uh, a collection of, like writing to a document really, really quickly, uh, having a whole bunch of concurrent writes. <laughs> um, and so I think he got interested in the idea of uh, what would solve this problem. Um, and obviously relational databases, kind of that being their bread and butter, uh, being able to, to have so many concurrent reads and concurrent writes and being able to schedule things so well. Um, yeah, he looked at the, the alternative of building that in a relational database world um, and built the original uh, prototype for Superbase, which I think was just the real-time engine. Um, so just looking at how uh, he could... Um, yeah, yeah. Listen to all of the different things that needed to happen in the database, um, and update an application in real time uh, using Elixir. and that kind of picked up some success and became the uh, the core of what of what Superbase is now. Um, and yeah, I guess they stuck with the uh, building a fire, an open source alternative to Firebase, just because Firebase is such an awesome product. Like it has so many awesome bits to help you. Uh, get started building an application. So I guess the the goal was to build um, something that could uh, be as good a developer experience initially with building uh, an application as Firebase, but then also be able to uh, handle huge amounts of of reads and writes and not have the kind of uh, performance bottlenecks that you might uh, run into in a, a large application. So there's, there's some core
0: features of Supabase when we talk about it and, and we'll dive into the database part of it too, Brittany. Um, So there's authentication, APIs, database, uh, storage, am I missing anything else? I guess the APIs are real time as well.
1: And real time. Yeah. So, yeah. So auth, both authentication and authorization, so being able to um, log your users in and, and Uh, store account information for them and deal with um, tokens and refreshing tokens and all of those things that come along with authentication. And then authorization, um, so writing access rules. And so if you've used something like Firebase, you're probably used to writing um, access policies to enable read and write uh, actions on data. Um, And so Superbase has a similar thing, but using uh, row-level security um, and writing policies, which is something that's built into Postgres itself. and what were the other ones? Yeah, so database storage, being able to store uh, just rows of data like a normal um, database file storage, so being able to, to store um, larger images and videos and things like that. Um, and then real time, so being able to subscribe to any of those changes in the database um, and be able to update the UI without needing the user to refresh.
2: So lots of things in one product. <laughs>
1: Lots lots and lots of things in one product. Yes. Just every, everything you might need, right? Yeah. Exactly.
0: So yeah, I think I think we can go through a little bit on we'll we'll start with the database. And Brittany brought it up. Um Firebase, of course, is a, a document collection type of database, um, which is the primary database that they suggest now. Um Firebase real time database is kind of the other flavor of that, which is more of a JSON structured database. So However, Superbase, as we kind of touched on, uh, it's Postgres uh, SQL database in the backend, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. So uh, everything I guess um, that, that Superbase has to offer is, um, the, the primary thing is that it all wraps around a Postgres database. Um, and so uh, I guess, uh, yeah, one of the the kind of focuses of, of Superbase is just to, um, enable and make it a little bit easier to take advantage of all of the cool things that already exist in Postgres. Um, and so yeah, so in a document database, um, as you were saying, it's it's um you have something that usually represents something similar to a JSON structure. Um, and so this became really popular with um the the rise of of Node.js and um a whole bunch of uh of those kinds of full stack JavaScript applications. Um, JSON is obviously a, a really easy-to-deal-with um, data structure in, in those languages. Um, and so, yeah, not needing to kind of context switch between your, your database and what you're writing in code, just being able to take an object in JavaScript, write it to the to your database or your, your document database, and then pull it out and not need to do any kind of massaging or manipulation. Um, so
2: that's like a REST API, right? Is that REST uh,
1: yeah, and so uh yeah, like you could you could use a, a rest API in front of that. And I just mean the the, the way that the daughter is in, uh, stored and yeah. stored in the database um is sort of similar to the way that you would use it in the application. Oh, okay. Um and so uh yeah, I think that was what made uh document databases so uh successful and so um uh interesting is just how how quickly you could get up and running. Um, with something without needing to think right from the start, like designing out the whole structure of your database and what kind of columns and data types and everything that you would need. Um, and so, but the, yeah, the the problem that I think some people experience with document databases, I've never reached it. I've never, I've never hit a point where I actually need uh, to reach for anything other than a document database. Um, but something that does become a bottleneck eventually for some people uh, is... Um, yeah, the ability to read and write uh, concurrently uh, a lot of data um, and so something that's beneficial about um, a relational database is that you have data stored in all different tables um, and you're kind of stitching together what you need uh, when you need it um, and so yeah it's a little bit more performant to, um, to manage those big, big bits of transactions.
0: So I I will say one thing about you know I'm Firebase GDE and everything else one thing that's always difficult like pagination's tough uh, in Firestore if you want to do counts that's tough if you want to do full text searching that's tough are near impossible that's why we use Algolia um, <laughs> but there's a lot of things that are tough and there's workarounds for them like anything else but the nice part about like a SQL database that's been around for forever I mean SQL's been in in our industry since the dawn of database essentially (laughs) um but what's cool about that is these all of these things have been solved in the past um so where some items in a database um when you're off of sql there's a high throughput piece to that so if you think about like uh Big query, big table uh, in the GCP side, or like DynamoDB um, on AWS and things like that. You're probably going to get a lot more performance if you're really hammering that thing, um, but you lose some things too that you don't get with a relational database, or that you do get with a relational database. So it's kind of fun to to go through those. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pop up a diagram uh, that I happen to run into just. I was gonna, I was gonna put Supabase, and we can talk about this a little further, but on to GCP by myself, and it's, it's interesting. There's, there's some blogs that really call this out, but, um, so I'm gonna pop open. This is, this is actually an architectural diagram that they have out there. So, one thing that I want to talk about, John, is the open source piece um, and the stitching together of products. Um, but as we, as we look at this, when we look at the auth piece um Superbase is using go True. when we look at the rest piece it's using i always screw the name up of this but i think it's postgrest or postgres
1: <laughs> I, I just call it postgres and just Post-Grest. like really try Post-Grest to emphasize the, the t <laughs> <laughs> um
0: which is basically a rest endpoint that sits um on top of postgres or postgres sql See, I can't. I can do it. Postgres SQL. Yeah, I, I gotta show. It's... I gotta show their faces while I'm doing these. Everyone's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> They're so hard to say with Postgres. I hate it. Um, and so then there's a real time piece, a storage piece, and then kind of a metadata piece that describes different pieces. And the one, the one thing I want to talk about, John, is Superbase is not shy about saying we support open source. We also give back to open source. Can you break down like what mentality that is kind of for creating what is like an open source product built upon other open source projects?
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, I think everyone in the team has has always really loved the philosophy of, of open source and, um, you know, getting... Uh, not just having the, the people who are building the product making all the calls, but having the community um, being able to to weigh in on things that they would like to build, and then even being able to build them and, and offer them back to um, to that open source product. or um, you know if, if that's something that's not a good fit, being able to fork it and create their own. Um, I think that's that's something that um, is is definitely a differentiator with with Superbase compared to some of the alternatives um, is that, yeah, it, it is built entirely on those open source tools. And so whenever we um, have a problem that we're trying to solve or something that we'd like to build into uh, Superbase itself, um, we spend a lot of time looking at what already exists out there in the community and what we could help, um, either either help by supporting financially um, or help by building things into those products. Um, but look at what open source tools already exist that solve that problem. Um, and so as you as you had up with that diagram, um, actually, do you want to bring the diagram up again?
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. We can
1: talk through each of those. I'm videos. so happy
0: I didn't close that tab.
1: <laughs> Just open it up and you're scrolling through Facebook again. <laughs> Just distracted. Oh, I swear. Um, on <laughs> So for the auth piece, for example, we have GoTru, which is written by uh, Netlify. Um, and so at the moment, we're actually maintaining um, a fork of GoTru, I think, because um, there were some things that we needed to build in to support what we needed to do that um, wasn't in line with with the project. But I think we're, we're looking at merging those in. Do you know if that's um, what they
2: use for Netlify identity?
1: Yeah, it is. Yes. Oh, cool. Yes. Yeah, and so that's what's behind Netlify identity. So, um, yeah, GoTru is is the, the auth server, um, open source project. Um, and then Netlify identity is, is their kind of wrapper around it to, to make it a little bit easier to integrate with, um, Postgres, <laughs> <laughs> REST, uh, REST API. Uh, we've actually, um, employed the, the main maintainer of Postgres at, um, at Superbase now. And so he, uh, I believe works full-time on Postgres, but from within Superbase, which is very cool. Cause I think, um, what what we want to accomplish is is very in line which is um, that is awesome yeah. very cool um uh, the real-time server so that was built uh, from scratch and as i was saying before was like the original piece of Superbase. that was kind of the the mvp concept that then kind of kept spinning out of control and getting bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> um, but yeah so that was an elixir server that is completely open sourced um but was was built custom by us um and then the storage api is um, a wrapper around S3, I believe, but has adapter or has the ability to look at additional adapters in the future. Um, and then PG Meta is another um, open source package just about the meta information about your your Postgres database. So all of these different open source tools kind of wrap around a Postgres database, um, which is another reason that um, Superbase is so. Uh, portable and flexible uh, because you just, at the end of the day, you have a Postgres database. And so if you wanted to move that somewhere else, you could take um, a dump of your database and put that in AWS or DigitalOcean or um, anywhere that you wanted to host it, Um, which is, yeah, super flexible. Do
0: do you have any idea? uh, I'm just going to throw this out here before we kind of get into like demo land. Is, Is it possible to hook up to like gcp has cloud sql for their postgres do you know if that's a possibility can you hook up to any database at this point um not type of I database. Haven't... i should clarify like an actual postgres running somewhere can you point a
1: super like version out to that um i'd have to check with the team i'm not sure if that's as far as I know, like we we take on hosting that for you if you want to be in, in the Superbase environment. If you do want to run your own uh version of Superbase, you can also um create a superbase project just running in a Docker container um that you could then um host anywhere you want. Um but yeah, haven't looked at specific implementations like that.
0: Oh, no, that's fair. I, I'm really curious about kind of the top two pieces of that architecture, and if it's possible to kind of swap out that that bottom piece, because I, I think running in a K8 or a Docker container, whatever, whatever you want to talk about containerized uh, these days, it, it would scale out really well. But the the bottom part, I'm really kind of interested in if I can hook it up to Cloud Spanner or, or something like that. So maybe we'll have to uh, have a part two chat about what that. Yeah, looks like. absolutely. Sounds good. Awesome. So. Did we cover everything, kind of like Superbase wise, on before we jump into the, the like like cloud hosting and take a look at it? Is there anything else people should know before we jump in there?
1: Um, just that it's it's awesome. I really like the.
0: That's perfect. I
1: I really <laughs> like the real time thing. I think that's what attracted me to <clears throat> to Superbase initially. Um, okay, and, well, we're
0: and, gonna show that off a bit.
1: Yeah, why I All started. Right. Um, so I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna drive a little bit here and uh, okay. you guys just say stop it, you know, when it really goes awry. So um <laughs> I'm gonna open up what essentially is like the console within Superbase. I'll jump out a level here. So when you get in here, you're you're kind of prompted with some different projects and things like that. And when you host every project is hosted out of Interestingly enough, AWS, of course, because, like, the storage tie-in and all those pieces. Because it's the um, internet,
1: so it's on AWS. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Only, like, 75%. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so we're going to walk through kind of a demo, and, and the cool part is, like, we can show you under the hood as well as under the hood, kind of, like, back-end view of it, um, as well as the front-end. So. What I did was kind of went off one of the suggestions um, to build a real-time Next.js um, clone of like Slack. And so you can create channels and you can talk within it and things like that. And as we go through it, um, there's just some some cool parts. Like already I'm noticing there's, you know, five users that we're using. And this is the, I want to like clarify, this is the fully hosted version of Supabase on Supabase.io. This is not me running my own version or anything like that. Um, yeah. and that's, I believe, John, correct me if I'm wrong here, that's the only way you get this kind of backend view right now.
1: Yeah, so the dashboard, we're looking at, at open sourcing that at the moment. Um, actually, I think there, there might be more on that very soon, but... Uh, <laughs>
0: Currently, for a while. Come on, John. a
1: hot hint. <laughs> um, but yeah, so currently, this this dashboard view um, is is only available in the hosted version of of Superbase. But we're looking at um, open sourcing our dashboard so that you would be able to to do this on your your own hosted project as well.
0: Cool. Um, so just a like right off the bat, I am. Completely free on this. The database holds up to uh, half a gig, uh, 500 meg. And the authentication, you can have 10,000 users. Storage, you can have what appears to be a gig-ish Yeah, as well. So I'd probably blow through that quick. I'm glad I didn't mess around too much on that side. Anyways, (laughs) um, what what we're going to look at now, I did um, go through the tutorial. I have this Next.js site up. We've already authenticated, so we've kind of bounced through, and uh, <laughs> and Brittany's typing already, so <laughs> we're proving the real time. So. I was waiting on that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I do, <laughs> I do like it's super real time. That's, that's pretty good. Um, I gotta find my other window, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just pop one open, so we know we're not like faking this. So here's here's the coding cat, and <laughs> John's in here now too. So here's my hello. There's hello. Like, that's how instantaneous it is. And in most applications these days, um, and this is why I think they compare themselves to Firebase so much, um, there is kind of a real-time or near-real-time expectation coming out of those APIs. And so that's the really cool part. So if we dive back in, the power of being on Superbase, I don't want to steal your thunder John, so, like, just, you know, tell me to be quiet and walk walk through whatever you want to, but... um, when we when I went to create this um it was it was really simple to go into your SQL editor and they had this slack clone right here and For those who are not used to SQL, I apologize, but basically this is a massive like SQL script that Actually, it's not that massive. I've seen way, way worse. <laughs> um, so it's basically creating um, different types and different tables and doing drop commands and alter commands. So all stuff that SQL developers, again, the last 30 years have been doing, um, kind of getting that like new age feel to it, though, too, with the rest of what Superbase has to offer. So once this was created... Um, I can jump out to my database now and immediately in the tables, I can see all the tables that are there that the SQL command created. And so some cool things that you can do about this or do with this rather, um, you can start to, you know, use your normal SQL editors, but I can jump back into like my SQL command over here and say, you know what, go, go fetch all the channels because I know that the channel table, I can run that um, for all you kids. It's, i don't use star everywhere but you know i'm being sloppy um especially not on a drop command (laughs) exactly that's the worst um and it's it's got the different user ids in here um the slug that's kind of coming out or not user ids yeah i think that is user anyways um and the slug for each channel and everything like that so we can do the same thing where with our messages table right so let's see if what we were just kind of talking about back and forth, look at that. There's all of our messages coming through. So the cool part is you get all these like amazing SQL commands. I believe if you're running on Postgres as well, um, you're going to get the functions as as well um, with this. Is that is that true? Yeah, that's this, yeah. Just so, you, so
1: you get all these um, nice... Yeah, so you can write Postgres functions as well. And that's, yeah, this is exactly why... Superbase is cool Uh, because, yeah, it is just wrapping around a Postgres database. And so you can take an existing Postgres database or a dump of of, of an existing database that you have, um, or you can uh, create it in in this view. But you can also uh, go to the table editor and not have to ever know anything about SQL ever. And so you can um, start off with this, this kind of much friendlier view where you could just create a new table or look at one of the existing tables. Um, and this is kind of that um, like Airtable slash like Microsoft Excel uh, kind of look at your data, which is really nice. Um, and so in, uh, you know, Postgres databases, it's, um, you have to write a little bit of, of Scary SQL to be able to um, create a column or alter your database in some way. <laughs> um, but with this view, we could just, if you click the plus on the, uh, on the right, uh, we could insert rows, but you can also just insert columns um, in that title bar where you've got oh, ID, user you. <laughs> status. we've got a plus, um, we could add a new column to this and um, yeah, fairly so, easily create much more nicer
2: GUI than I've seen working with Postgres before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a little bit more friendly than like, yeah. um, I even forget what the names of them are. I remember like a MySQL workbench or something, which at least made me like be able to graphically see what was going on but um yeah definitely wasn't the the kind of modern experience that this is yeah
0: that's really amazing so there's actually no downtime that just occurred either to alter that table right
1: that's right yeah so as long as you're um like creating um the structure that that your current data doesn't um doesn't break the rules for so sorry. What, I, what I'm trying to get at is, if you tried to create a column that was um, that had like a not null constraint, for example, so you couldn't um, you couldn't have uh, an empty uh, value in that in that column for a row, then obviously all of your existing rows would um, contradict that rule, um, and so it wouldn't let us create it. But since that that column um, can just have a null value until we fill it in with whatever our another column data is. Uh, then yeah, we can just add columns and change the structure of our database, um, which is also nice because it um, it means that we're we're running those checks as we change the structure of our database. And this is something that uh, I really loved about the the kind of Rails world, and then getting into um, Prisma, how they they kind of um, had uh, Prisma migrations, which was I guess heavily inspired by uh, Active Record migrations in in Rails. Um, and that idea of being able to change, like create these uh, incremental changes to the structure of your database, because that's what's going to happen as your application grows over time, um, being able to really easily do that. But any time that you change the structure of your database, you're checking that um, none of the existing data will break when you make that change. Um, and so that's something that's nice about this UI as well, is you get that safety that you, you're not um, yeah. You know, you're not breaking the existing data in your database as you're as you're building, changing the structure.
0: I'm gonna try it off screen and see if it blows up. Whew, just an there. Okay, good. I tried. I tried putting the not null in there. I thought it, you know, blow up my whole computer. Um. So I th- I think like in a in a nutshell like there's a lot here that when they say, um, you know, that it's an open source solution to Firestore or Firebase, sorry. There's a lot of pieces that, that do hold up to that, but I think there's a lot that still needs to be there too. So um, just a few questions on that side. There's nothing like Lambda support or um, any cloud functions at, at this time, right?
1: Yeah, so, so cloud functions is something that we're, um, we're working on and we have been working on for, for a while now. Um, the reason that we haven't just kind of like rushed out a solution and, and, and put it in there is that I think we've kind of set the bar pretty high with, um, how well integrated everything is. Um, and so if you our file storage, for example, um, if you, uh, create a storage bucket to put files in, um, it's already kind of tied into the auth of your application. So when you have users signed in, if they upload um, an image or upload a file, um, it's automatically associated with that user because it's all sort of um, integrated very well. So you don't need to to add any of that uh, yourself. And so um, this is something, the reason that we don't wanna just kind of rush into just adding um, serverless functions is we wanna make sure that it ties into the ecosystem in the right way. Um, and is is nicely integrated. That being said, we do have um, hooks, which are um, a recent addition that are in alpha. So if you go over to the left and yeah, go to database, where you just were two up, uh, three down, one up, five
0: down, six <laughs> six across. There's a slight delay, right? all the way to Australia. <laughs> we're doing okay. <laughs>
1: uh, and if you go to function hooks on the left. Yeah, so this is um, basically Web hooks. So if if you say enable hooks for this project, um, this will give us the ability to create a function hook, which is just um, a way that we can subscribe to changes in a table and then call a serverless function, um, or or, sorry, call any kind of endpoint with that data. Um, And so you'll see that the type of hook there is HTTP request. So that's what we've um, created so far. We've got super functions coming soon, and uh, Google Cloud, Cloud Run and actually building AWS Lambda functions in Superbase itself. But at the moment, you can just point this to any URL that you have um, for an API that you're running somewhere else or something like Zapier um, and and kind of build those integrations that way. Um, and so we, we have some, we have the ability to tie into to Lambda functions, but we haven't built it into the Superbase package itself as yet. But it's something we're working on coming seems soon. seems really hopefully.
2: powerful. Once all that gets integrated, that'll be awesome.
1: Yeah. I
0: have, I have to imagine a lot of this is kind of challenging because there's there's probably a large part of kind of the Supabase community that's going, that's great. But if you start tying in too closely to like AWS or too closely to XY, like then it really isn't an open source thing. You're back to like a closed source functionality. So how is Superbase kind of balancing like... Here's all these great product features with being open source on the side, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I you think as, as I, as I said, I'm on the spot. <laughs> yeah. You can tell when you're really positive. I've got mm-hmm. Interesting like, question. You too. A a one out. <laughs> Uh, yeah I think that um as I mentioned before like we 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 try to um, find any open source tools that we we can to to do those integrations and things like our our storage is currently um uh running through an s three bucket um and so we will open source the parts that we can about that about how you you build an adapter that might talk to something like that and maybe try and build something that can talk to multiple options so you're not you're not kind of tied into one uh, only using one thing um, but obviously yeah sometimes there just isn't the perfect open source tool to to do what people um, actually need to be able to do with something and so in those cases we, we try and build a nice wrapper around it or a nice workflow around um, how you can integrate with that service.
0: Yeah I mean I, I really like it as a kind of at least just kind of the getting started piece. Like I could, I could see using Supabase like on AWS and then expanding using Cloud Build or
1: Terraform or anything else to like keep extending past there for sure within a project. Yeah. It's really and neat. I think it's nice when you have something like like in, in the world of Jamstack applications and, um, and you know, all kind of modern front-end development, um, there's... Almost always a way to do some kind of server-side logic and some kind of like serverless function execution, um, and so if we are building an application in something like Next.js, um, it's nice to just be able to quickly create an API route or a serverless function um, that we can call anytime data in the database changes, um, and it's sort of yeah all within this this nice little package where we have our UI. And I guess serverless functions and things that might execute over in Vercel or something like that. Um, And then our our super base wrapping out a database.
2: That's kind of a good Um, point, because all those frameworks use AWS under the hood for their serverless functions, and we don't know what they do. So,
1: Yeah, exactly. Everyone's wrapping AWS. It's just how many layers of AWS you wrap. Whether you wrap something that wraps AWS, or you wrap something that wraps something that wraps something in AWS.
2: Exactly. great. Amazon is going to own the world.
1: Yeah. I'm sure G- GCP do. is just, GCP is just a loose wrapper.
0: <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I, I, I had, we'll go off on this spin for a minute because I find it interesting. Um, I had a very candid conversation with some people at Google and AWS and um, the network piece of GCP still sounds like it's kind of the one feature that AWS is having a hard time matching. So for instance, why I am interested on the backend side of this, there's a product called Cloud Spanner that can do almost everything that Postgres can do, but it's not going to allow like functions and things like that, but it's globally concurrent. So like anywhere in the world that that database is calling in, it's got the same time to it. And that's the one true advantage on the GCP network, which is
1: interesting. So you say cloud spanner? Yeah, yeah. I'll have to look into it. Haven't heard of it.
0: Yeah, it's it's probably the cost is coming down, but it's one of the more expensive products because of exactly that. So yeah, right. Yeah, check it out. Very cool. Um I think I think that's all my questions. I I think. I mean I I you know we got authorization, we've got tables, we've got storage I mean what more do you need for websites we right talked about functions yeah yeah this is it's a yeah. great product i I think there's I feel like we're just in the beginning, so Superbase just had their class A funding. is that yeah, correct?
1: That's right. Yeah, we're so finally like... getting paid. <laughs> no, I'm joking.
0: I'm I not like things pay. are probably going like to take off from here, right? I mean, it's, now there's some money infused. We're good to go. Mm.
1: Yeah, we're very excited about what that's going to unlock as well. Like we've been able to do so much uh, with our, our initial kind of um, uh, like angel investors and things like that. It's yeah, there's lots, lots to come. Stay tuned. It's very exciting.
2: That is very exciting.
1: Money makes amazing next, things
0: happen. Your next felt demo, superbase.
2: Definitely. I mean, I I see it everywhere. Like everyone is jumping on the superbase train, so why not me?
0: <laughs> I think I think when you get real time out of Postgres, there's there's something right going on. Basically, I just
2: got to find the right app to put it in.
0: Oh, anything, anything will work. Don't worry about it.
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't need to, you don't need to justify why it should be there. You just add it.
0: Just throw it in. <laughs> yeah,
1: you always need real time.
0: All right, folks, we're we're derailing so much that I think it's time <laughs> for our perfect picks. Um, who are we first? I, I guess John was so excited. He got all his picks in way before uh, we did. So I think, John, you're going to have to go first on this one
1: you just wait this vacuum cleaner is the most amazing thing that I think I've bought maybe in my life oh look my at all those gosh. lasers that it's this projecting is... on the ground
0: oh my
2: gosh. This
1: is like the, the most dyson.
2: adult pick ever too like are <laughs> yes. picking like appliance
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is the dyson v15 detect for anyone that's not watching watching the video and this is our brand new vacuum cleaner that's a stick vacuum so it's like um it 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 doesn't have a cable and you don't need to plug it into the wall it's a battery operated stick vacuum um but it is just so high tech and powerful it's got this little lcd screen on it and it like it analyzes with the lasers how big the particle size is of everything that you're picking up it gives you these reports on like don't you want to know your particle size of your dust particles For people oh, on audio really it looks dirty. like it's,
0: it would just be looks, red all the time it looks like it's picking up <laughs>
2: the coronavirus although i know that's not <laughs> yeah.
0: like
1: the virus, but oh yeah like no, a that's stick- that's not good marketing there <laughs> <laughs> but there you go you got any any coronavirus in your house you just get this vacuum <laughs> picks it up straight away uh but it, like it is so high powered i've never i've never had a good vacuum like i think i've always just had you know the cheapest vacuum or like a secondhand mm-hmm. vacuum or whatever and this is the first like actual vacuum that i've researched and purchased and it's like if it if it goes on the highest setting on our floorboards, it literally rips the grout out between between the two boards. So that's yeah. how powerful it is. It, like you want a vacuum that can destroy your house by making it so clean.
0: Day. Holy smokes, that's that's an impressive uh, selection yeah. that you have going on there.
1: Mm. I'm sorry, I'm and like... all tied in with the, the theme of Superbase, it's got the Superbase green everywhere. It's perfect. <laughs> It does. super base brand vacuum
0: <laughs> i have to ask you and maybe they, they didn't have this in australia do you know what a rainbow uh, water filtered vacuum is no um oh my gosh i'm gonna have to like quickly google Uh, hang on. I got to bring this up. Here it is. This is, this is like my grandma's.
2: Are these the old style ones that are on the floor? Huge.
1: Oh, like where you plug it into the wall and like the, is it one of those ones? Oh no, no, it it doesn't have have a wall. Like you drag this thing
0: around, but it's got water in it. And the theory was always that like, you're not blowing it back into the air because it has to go through all of this water. But I vacuumed at my great grandparents' house with this like water-based thing. It was the heaviest (laughs) thing Ever, but it was yeah. great. I, I'm glad we're coming full circle to something
1: that's like lightweight hey,
2: and yes.
1: I feel like that would be very difficult to empty. Do you have to like drain oh, dirty it's so dirt gross. water out? It's,
0: it's the worst. <laughs> it, it was always so gross. Yeah. Oh, I don't even want to talk about. It.
1: <laughs> could you? Could you find out how big your dust particles were though? Negative. I don't think so. I could not.
0: I still don't know <laughs> if I would use that feature that much. Maybe. If
2: they're trapped in the water, maybe you see them at the end. You see how much dirt you
0: got out of your <laughs>
1: That's true. You would see everything. The feature you didn't know it. that you need. Yeah. Yes. Once it's there, you, you, never, you just feel blind vacuuming with any other vacuum, not knowing how big the dust particles are.
0: John, I have to have you go to your next pick, or I'm going to buy this thing. <laughs>
1: All right. My next pick also... Mm-hmm. I know it doesn't look like just a a parent pick, but this is absolutely a parent pick. So this is a Casio SK-1, which is a sampler, like a a, a kid sampler, a Casio sampler from, I guess, the 80s, uh, maybe 90s. Um, And this, I I recently bought one of these for our daughter, kind of for my daughter, kind of for me. So I like producing digital music. I love samplers. I love uh, synthesizers and all of those things. Um, And so I wanted a way that I could kind of like... share that with my daughter she's two so she's she's not she's not ready for for the big world of music (laughs) production yet but this thing is so cool because it's 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 built to be a kid's toy so it's super durable um and can totally put up with her like banging it around and dropping it on the ground and stuff like that Um, but it's got a little microphone in it and you can just like press record and like talk into the microphone and then it like lays it out on the keyboard so you can uh play that that sample back at different pitches and it's just so much fun
2: is this actually the one from the 80s or is this a revisioned one?
1: No, this is the one from the 80s. And so I also oh. don't actually recommend that anyone purchases this because <laughs> it's kind of like a kind of collector's item as well. So don't don't actually was, go and buy this. I'm going to look at this for <laughs> Christmas for my daughter
2: because I have an eight a, eight, a seven and a six five-year-old. So sorry, they just changed recently and every time they change i have to think about their ages again but yeah i play piano and so i always wanted to get them a keyboard and i haven't yet and this looks like a good option but it's only got like 20 keys right so she probably can't play yeah and it's
1: only got four voices as well if we want to get like right into it (laughs) it can only play four keys at a time and so um it it wouldn't be good for like like, learning proper piano you wouldn't be able to play like big chords um but yeah it's lots of fun just for messing around and she's she's only two she's two and a half and (laughs) she is already like she actually knows like how to turn it on put it in the sampler mode sample a thing and then play the demo song and then switch the demo song to instead of being played on a piano using the stupid sample that you've just recorded and it's just absolute noise and mayhem and sounds awful but it's lots of fun that is so
0: good for her yeah so did you like get this at a garage sale or you had one all this time? (laughs)
1: <laughs> i bought it online I, I i sought it out and paid he the
2: <laughs> thing he said not to do
1: don't do it awesome. the I, I did the
0: rating is not good i don't know
1: no no it's definitely not like <laughs> it's it's probably not what modern producers are using but it's uh yeah a lot of fun highly recommend if you want to get your kids interested in in music and just learning how to how to be silly definitely. it's good
0: I think, uh, Brittany, you're up next, but we might have to talk about your second pick last because it could be a whole nother hour of podcast, I I believe. (laughs) But I'll let let you go and we'll see.
2: Okay. So my first pick is Let's Learn Super Bass (laughs) with James Quick. And he did like a little demo. He does a Let's Learn series, and this one was on Superbase. So I thought this was the perfect opportunity to send that out. It was just a couple months ago, so it should be pretty up to date. And... Yeah, who's
0: it's
1: a very who's good. Yeah, on the right. Do you happen to know him, John?
2: He's a Kiwi, is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Never seen that guy. In my life. I have no idea who that is. That is Kiwi Couple or Paul Coplestone, our CEO and founder at uh, at Superbase. One of the founders. Nice.
0: Awesome. I knew who it was. I was just kidding.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And my second pick, as Alex hinted at, that we may have to have a discussion on. I I I am not not usually a fan of these shows that give you more questions the farther you go into them. But this one was really intriguing and there were lots of different characters. So I think there were a few episodes of Setup in this last week, which by the time this podcast comes out it'll probably the whole season will be available but we're about halfway through right now i'm assuming and it's finally starting to give me like little tidbits of what could have happened and it's very intriguing
0: i'm telling you right now you're never gonna know what happened on this show (laughs) it's so brutal it's like did did you ever watch fringe yes You'll never know. like oh, I loved fringe. See oh I, lo- I loved fringe too until yeah. like the last two. Seasons I or, can uh,
2: love this. I mean they're okay. they're showing some things. I think they're getting to some i I, I will admit
0: I am fully watching this and foundation, <laughs> but this one's really starting to irk me a little bit. So. <laughs> uh, i'll I'll just leave it there so we don't like spend another hour.
1: okay. <laughs> it looks good. I haven't heard of it. I will definitely check it out.
0: Apple Plus, people. Apple
2: has been, like, on it with the shows lately. Yeah, and it's it's super cheap for a streaming service, and their shows have just been fantastic quality lately.
1: Yeah, I actually watched a – sorry, to, to hijack another pick, another Apple no. TV pick. Um, oh, and now I've forgotten what the name is. But uh, it was a documentary um, about – like, a music documentary. Oh now i have to find out what it was glad we're
0: hearing john because i think
1: his video froze yeah his video okay uh all right you go i'll find out what it was okay (laughs) i'm gonna
0: i'm gonna jump on my pick we're jumping from apple over to netflix so i watched the first season of lock and key um at first, I started to watch it with what at that time would have been like my 10, 11 year old, something like that. And very quickly realized I didn't read the whole TV 14 because there was a bunch of kids and I thought it was a kid show. And so we immediately stopped watching it. So I finished watching uh, the first season and uh, my wife was like, hey, let's watch something together. Um, I know you have all your nerdy, science-y shows. What about this? I'm like, I've already watched it, but I'll rewatch watch it with you. And I'm really appreciating it, you know, the second time through. And I'm just frustrated now because I want to, you know, start down season two, which looks amazing. And now I have to it's, wait. So
2: it's funny. Oh, you're not watching season two yet. OK.
0: Yeah. So that so, might have to be like a season two. That's the two caveat. Later. Yeah. yeah,
2: you were getting mad at my invasion pick and season two of Lock and Key. I'm, gets ruining. A little... I'm not ruining anything. Okay. It just gets a little like, <laughs> I'm not going to ruin your show. It gets a little out there for me.
1: Okay.
0: That's fair. <laughs> I think that's fine. See how, see how nitpicky we are
1: tonight. You can tell it's late for us.
2: It's too late.
1: <laughs> a different day for John.
2: You're getting bitterness at it the is. end of the day. I'm coming
1: to you from the future, and I can tell you, lock and, t- lock and key is still good in the future.
0: Yeah, see, it's amazing. Things release on like Saturdays and Friday for us, I think. So,
1: yeah. Just quickly, right, my pick doing. was uh, was Mark Ronson's uh, "Watch the Sound," which is a, a documentary, a music documentary. Oh. by Mark Ronson? Who's a a uh, a music producer and if you want to in fact I think there might be an episode that has maybe that Casio SK1 he kind of like <laughs> focuses on a different part of music production um, throughout uh, yeah throughout his, his musical I mean, career super interesting that. like there'll be one episode that focuses on reverb and he'll go to like these amazing places that um, like places where you record reverb effects and things oh, um, yeah very cool so All just who start
0: counting, John now has the most perfect picks out of anyone ever on the She's show. He's trying to that's, win. That's three total. <laughs> that was amazing. All right, mine's way more boring than listening to reverbs, but I thought this was really cool. So this looks like a picture of a Nintendo Game Boy when in reality, 100% CSS created by Wasm Chagyup. I always screw up his name. I always see him everywhere on Twitter, but these things are clickable. It's all CSS. Oh, it's very cool. oh my
2: gosh! Isn't that wild? That is that crazy, is and I have never heard that name before. So I'm gonna have to go follow on Twitter. I, th-
0: I think I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. Nope. Yep. There you go. That's a it, Twitter account. If you've ever seen it. I
1: wonder <laughs> if it supports the Konami code? If you if you enter in the, <laughs> do you know what the Konami code is? No.
0: Is that one of those
2: uh, like Nintendo up, up, hacks? Down, like. Down?
1: yeah 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 that Up that tray. one it's Up yeah tray. yeah
2: it's that
1: quite, I, I don't, don't even know.
2: remember it <laughs> I
1: yeah mean, I, I don't remember like exactly what just it remembered is that. But surely if you're going to build this surely he has they have created a, a konami code an
2: easter uh, egg in there right yeah yeah
1: i don't know changes to a nintendo switch or something
0: i'm totally gonna have to dig into this now <laughs>
2: That would be oh, so. Cool. If it, like the, rest of the my screen evening. would like come on and show you an Easter egg if you put that in. I just want to be... play
0: Tetris on it. Don't you guys want to <laughs> play Tetris? I love Tetris. Absolutely. I always heard that the Game Boy is a little different in Australia. I don't remember what it was. My oh, okay. forget. Right.
1: Okay. I never like a better Game Boy. or worse? It's always worse. <laughs> no,
0: couldn't be. Couldn't be. Everything's better over there. Do you realize I've been trying to get to
1: Australia for like three years? Ooh, that's a bad time a to try to get to australia <laughs> do you think they'll ever let us in I, they're not letting us out so i, I don't think, gonna, I think it might be a while <laughs> could
0: you could you like sneak off on a boat or something how would that, that work i mean we're surrounded by
1: water you keep there's, there's a lot of options too Dude, they don't have cruises
2: coming in either
1: no i don't think so not at the moment oh my gosh uh, yeah I, I, I think I, it's. I think they're about to start opening back up. Yeah,
0: we'll see. I was supposed we'll to be like diving up off the Great Barrier Reef. It's not happening. Oh wow,
2: that sounds right. fantastic. Yeah.
0: Sorry, we have completely derailed the podcast. We'll probably chat <laughs> offline. You know, after we get done <laughs> recording here. But uh, so that was everything that I know currently about Superbase. John filled us in on all the things that I had forgotten in my like pre-show like check out Superbase mode. Um, I would suggest trying it. You wouldn't believe what it actually, you know, can do until you try it. So check it out, yeah. supabase.io. Thanks for joining us, John. Cool really stuff. appreciate it. Thanks for Let chatting. us know what you're building. <laughs> yeah, thanks for your time. It's been great. Awesome. Talk to you later.